Is it hot over there? It's currently 84 degrees in this room and 63% humidity. Well, hey, so, you, your humidity problems are over. Yeah. No, oh. well, they're not over. It's <laughs> well, now, now the it's, other. It's yeah, it's humid. the other side. Yeah, it's too humid in here, and I can't. We've lived in this house for a year, like almost exactly a year, and the HVAC upstairs has never quite worked, and uh, it just shat the bed like two weeks ago right before we left for NAM, mm-hmm. and um, so my HVAC guy is here right now as we're taping in the next room, and uh, I'm just worried that I'm going to get done with this podcast and walk outside and learn, yep, you need a whole new unit upstairs, which is going to be sweet. The, the joys of... Uh home ownership we uh fun story about that our downstairs toilet just ran and ran and ran i told i told you this we i was telling you this but for all the people listening um it's really not that hard to fix your toilet you don't need a whole lot of tools for the most part unless you fix a toilet and then you think i that other toilet's kind of messed up too i can fix that one and then you break part of uh the fill valve that fills up the bowl of the toilet. If that mm-hmm. breaks, you got to take it all apart uh, because that's what I did. I fixed the downstairs toilet. I was like, man, everything's sorted out. It's working great. I felt like a super proud homeowner. And mm-hmm. then I thought, I'm going to go upstairs and fix that other one too. And then immediately broke it and had to go buy all the stuff to fix it. But you know what? It only costs like 50 bucks all told for all of it. So I feel I feel pretty accomplished because plumbers are expensive. So, so every toilet in my house runs? Everyone, I'll and come down have, and fix them. No, we have one, two, five bathrooms. Wait, yeah, five the hotel. <laughs> well, one of them's down in the basement, and oh, okay. it will be the future studio bathroom. Uh, and that's ironically the like only bathroom in the house that doesn't have a running toilet because it was never got used. Right. Problem is, all of these toilets are from like the late 80s, early 90s, and the internals apparently aren't the same. So we have to, in order to stop all of the toilets running, they all need to be replaced. And I don't know shit about toilets, but... Um, it's a very simple mechanism. We, we'll get on eBay and we'll find new flaps and all this stuff and, uh, and we'll sort it Zach, out. I'm, I'm I, come, there, I'll come I down there and do it. You just I can't pay me. describe... The words don't exist to describe how little I want to do that. <laughs> my, I can charge my car for free. I'll drive down. We'll make it. We'll make a weekend of it. <laughs> oh, God. See, I'm the type of person that's like, I don't have the DIY homeowner thing. I just, I know I, I'm going to screw it up. I'm going to do it wrong. I just, it's better for me and cheaper in the long run to pay someone to come and do it. I get it. And that's how Morgan is. And I'm com- the complete opposite. Cause if I can't, <laughs> like, I'll, I'm like my father in that way. One time he had to do some tile work and I just oh. showed up and he had a tile saw, like a, <laughs> like a big one, like this huge thing for like, you know, and it had like, it was hinged. I was like, what the hell is that? And he's like, oh, it's a tile saw. I'm like, for that one job yeah. <laughs> that you're doing for yourself? Yeah. I like, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> no. No. So I'm, I'm like that. I just, I don't want to do it. Well, how's your week been going otherwise than sweating your ass off? It's hot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's been hot and it's like Fine. Yeah, I'm going to Asheville this week. Actually, Asheville, mm-hmm. North Carolina, um, uh, the first prototype of the uh, the the possible future Port City amp is done. So I'm gonna go check that out. 
I'm also going to awesome. go to Illuminati Guitars, uh, the the company that makes like the aluminum necks and and bodies and stuff like that. Right. Apparently, they built me a guitar, which is very cool. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I didn't realize they were doing that, but and then uh, they know the people over at Moog, which mm-hmm. the Moog factory is in Asheville, and so That's I'm right. going to go tour the Moog shop. So, man, well, that sounds like a a whale of a time. Yeah, it's gonna be a jolly man. What uh, what's been going on with you? Not not much. We we are wrapping up a lot of things. We got like so we announced the buffer, the Olympus, so all that. We're getting those built, and we're building the next thing, which I posted a teaser of today on Instagram. It, it it's the the new Sus Mariosa, which I sent you a photo of. Yep, looks sick. And it, I don't want to say what color it is, but I will say it is so, uh, bright and garish, and almost impossible to photograph i cannot capture <laughs> with with my phone with my camera what color it is um because it's that just i, f- I feel like you captured it. it no it's it's pretty bright on my phone i know but that, that picture I, I took for you is not even close to how bright it is in person because you hold can, it and it like gl- your face turns that color I can tell it's it's throwing off the white balance of your camera because everything yeah. else looks wrong in the yeah. picture. Jeff, uh, he has a, a Pixel, and it has a killer camera, and when he took a photo of it, it almost looked inverted, that anything white <laughs> on the pedal looked gray or black, like it completely <laughs> messed up the, the sensor. It's like, what the hell is yeah, this? No! But this apart from that, natural. everything's been, been good except for what I want to tell you about today, which is going to... Uh, if the the name of the stream and I think the name of this episode should be uh, 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 don't get got go get we don't get got go get did you get got you're gonna find out oh boy <laughs> but okay. before that happens we should preface this by saying that like we've been chatting and hanging out and playing destiny and stuff since the last episode quite a bit and mm-hmm. and Zach has told me about this story but has completely left me out of the loop as to what it actually is until just now so i genuinely have no idea what the hell you're talking about yeah this is gonna be uh i don't want to say we'll find out but anyway uh here's a rig that we got sent by a patron who uh has been a patron for a while so wanted to do this rig and it is interesting (laughs) whoa okay so so this is from uh, I'll drop this in the Discord here. Hitting my compressor, my preamp a little hard here. Let me back off the. Wow. Okay. This is from Mr. Uh, Raymond uh, Forbes. Yep. Okay. And so <laughs> the first line of his email says, I have a feeling you both will hate my rig, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> Raymond's in the chat. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so uh, what, what we've got here is a custom PRS-style guitar with an Abanez-style neck, a Wizard 3 neck. It's got a Sustainiac and a Fishman Fluence Modern. Uh, it also has a Ghost, uh, Ghost Tech uh, Piezo? Piezo? Uh-huh. Piezo? How do, people, how do you say that? I, it doesn't matter. Okay. They all sound bad. And a MIDI system. Uh, <laughs> okay. So... He says, the way that I use this is I have a triple cable that I built. I plug the MIDI out of the guitar into the Boss uh, SY1000 and send the output of that into the Quad Cortex. 
Then stereo split the output, the magnetic pickup goes to one input on the quad cortex, and the piezo output goes to another input on the quad cortex. Oh, I see. Yeah, I get it. And then he can blend the two together into various amp models, so he has three different tones going at one time. That's uh, actually pretty rad. <laughs> yeah, he says he's testing, and, and he sent this a, a while ago, he's testing various FRFR solutions. Uh, it looks like he has a little head rush thing right there, and he says he's not super into that. So maybe that's something that, that you can help with. Uh-huh. Uh, but what an interesting setup. He's got two mission uh, expression controllers on the, on the floor, and hey. Hey, man. Look, <laughs> this is, uh, you know, it, it makes uh, sounds. It makes three sounds, apparently. At one time. At one time, <laughs> which is something. Uh, I do have one immediate thing before we dive into the rig. Raymond, can you please pull that sticker off the head rush cab it's like <laughs> driving me nuts unless your intent is to take it back to guitar center or sam ash or wherever wherever you got it from uh please pull that off like i i hope you don't show up to a gig with the 2000 guitar pick shaped sticker on your head rush cab. that's just me though <laughs> he says he just got a freeman ac asc 12 uh cab so that's what he's rocking oh, to right replace now. the the head oh i see okay all right no i get it all right i, I re, uh, rescind my previous statement i do have a thought though on the frfr i think we'll get there but okay uh, okay so this guitar so he says in the chat that he hand built this guitar himself oh he did yeah kudos it's a cool looking guitar i mean it's prs look alike but it's i mean dude good job from yeah. what i can tell in the picture it looks like a guitar yeah 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 it, it's it's very interesting it has a lot of knobs a lot, a lot of switches of a lot of switches. So, uh, and at first I thought, man, that's wacky looking. Then I realized, oh, it's left-handed. <laughs> so here's here's my thought on this. Okay, at first I think like, oh god, sustainer. The f-, but then I think, well, Ed O'Brien ran a sustainer. Super popular know. guitar. Yeah, uh, there's been lots of really cool music made with wacky, weird guitars. The Moog guitar, actually, which. I'd love to have one one day. Uh-huh. Uh, I think they're kind of collectible at this point because they didn't make very many of them. But right. like, I remember when that came out, was that 2010 or something, 2011? Yeah. It had the cool like sustainer thing going on. So I'm, I'm actually here for the sustainer thing. Um, here's the thing about this rig for me. The three sounds at one time is either the corniest, worst, most cliche <laughs> sounding shit you've ever heard. It's like the bad string pads from 1992 along with like a terrible piezo acoustic sound and then some like fusion guitar shredding on top. Or it is so far out there and so unique and rad that it is, it's cool. But it's, it's one or the other for me. I think I, it, there's nothing in the middle here. And having just right. looked at this picture, I can't tell if it's cheese ball Roland Nam booth from... 2001 or if it's super rad ambient lo-fi experimental future pop kind of sounds right uh and i'm asking him in the chat what he's using these expressions for because what would be really cool to me is if you you know are using them to blend in the sounds uh Mm -hmm. or you know as a mix control um but you know it i guess it all depends on what what you're using this rig for um it doesn't say like what sort of if he's in a band or like what application this all has, but 
he says the, the the expression depend on the precent, but it's usually set for a whammy or or a wah type effect. Um, but you know, I'd say he could probably with the quad cortex and the flexibility of that boss, which looks like a newer unit. I, I'm not yeah. familiar with boss synth stuff. I'm not um, either. I mean, like you could just you could just cover so much ground, and I will say, like some of the newer Both synthesizer things, they they I mean, uh, they're pretty. They sound pretty good, you know. It's sure. not like it's not like it used to be with like the GK and and all that stuff. Like it's and I think that's believable. what we have in our head is yes. you see like Boss synth pedal and you go, oh, <laughs> he's in a cover think, band, so yeah, yeah, I get it. Right. I mean, what do you think about the guitar? I think the guitar like is is cool. I mean, like the fact that he made it, yeah, uh, it serves his application. It does everything he needs it to do. I had a Fernandez with the Fernandez sustainer in it that I thought was wicked. Uh, actually, won it in a contest when I was like really young. Wait, how uh, many guitars did you win in contests? Cause two. You, you uh. I, a Les Paul special and then uh, the Fernandez. Were you just like hanging around a bunch of contests all the time when you were a kid or what the hell? Well, I, I just, I, Fernandez, I submitted one email thing, signed up and I won. And then the, the other thing you could like mail in, um, uh, postcards and it was like a local news. It was like a a Nashville Gibson, uh, news channel collaboration. And, uh, my mom like mailed in a bunch and they, there was no limit. And so she just mailed in a bunch and they, they drew my sister's name for me. Got it. But yeah, um, I know. I, it, pretty, yeah, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> if it's not breaking the rules, is it really true? <laughs> just bending them a little bit. <laughs> so they said you can mail them in as you can mail in as many as you want. <laughs> so, <sighs> but anyway, I think the guitar is cool. I think okay. like it's not my favorite color. Uh, color is is hard for me. I think. Yeah, that's what's taking this away from me. Like, I, I really love the hand built factor. I love the, the, it's like, okay, this guitar is not made how I want it to be made. So I'm going to build my own. That's, that's awesome. But Raymond, that color, like of all the colors you could have gone with, that's what you went with. I mean, it's a choice, you know? He says in the chat, if you look at the neck, you can see a massive mistake he made on that build. And I think the double dots, um, you probably have to pull it up. I think they're on the 11th fret. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yes, they're on the eleventh fret. Oh the my god, that's is, awesome. He says the guitar is inspired by Herman Lee. So, dude, I mean, like, I think it's it's really cool. You know what? Like, whatever makes you happy, sure, um, is great. And 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 I will say that I think the Fishman pickups uh, rule. So, yeah, you know. I like the Fishman stuff. Um, all right. Well, here's here's the deal. Let's move on to the head rush cab. I mean, quad cortex is cool. I do like how you are utilizing, like, that's a perfect use case for the quad cortex with all the I.O. options and the routing options because mm-hmm. this makes a lot of sense because he's essentially got three separate rigs going on in the same box, which is super cool. That's a thing that you can do. Um, I did it on Pedals the Musical, actually, with the Axe Effects 3. The bass player was just going di and it sounded terrible so i created another uh uh signal path that was a bass rig and the axe effects had so much dsp on board that it was it handled guitar and bass simultaneously it was rad um as far as frfrs go i mean to me now granted i haven't played everything okay so i haven't played the head rush Mm -hmm. um but i really think line six knocked it out of the park with the power cab plus yeah 
That's what I would recommend. I'd go PowerCab Plus or with this rig, maybe the 212, the stereo 212. Um, it just, it does everything you need to do, need it to do. And it's based off of a guitar speaker style construction and a cabinet style construction. And it sounds good. Yeah. Once you load IRs into that thing, I mean, like the stock speaker simulation is good, but the IRs into it, it sounds really good. It does. Wow. It does. So that's, that's my recommendation. Um, all right. I guess it's kind of lethargic, by the way. It's because it's <laughs> you're melting four degrees in here. Okay. It's hot as shit. Um, I feel like you should go first today. I'm trying to make up my mind on this. You know, it's, it's hard because, like, I respect this rig. I would never choose any of this necessarily for myself, except maybe <laughs> yeah. the quad cortex as like a practice or recording tool. What's, well, yeah. Um, you know, so I think for a complete thought, for a complete vision, you, you have to like give points for that. Yeah. So I'm going to give this a solid 7.75. Okay. And, and I, I, and I, all these numbers, these numbers don't mean anything. <laughs> but yeah. like, I think, you know, I, I would, <laughs> it's funny with the 11th fret thing that I would find that very confusing. <laughs> that uh, is really funny. But like, you know, it it's 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 serving its purpose and it's doing its job. So I mean it's above average at that score, you know, as far as you know, out of ten. I think I need to hear what Raymond is doing with yes. this rig. Yeah. Because like I said, it's either really, really cool or it's the corniest thing ever. Yeah. I'm you know, there just is no in between here. So I can't I can't give it high marks because it's too treacherous. You know, if I were to give this an eight or something and then, you know, we heard something and it just was super cheesy, then I'd have to rescind my score. But mm. I also don't want to go too low because Raymond could be a, a slam and, and have just like this vision for this amazing sound that is we're not able to get out of our rigs. Right. You know, <sighs> we definitely can't get any of the, like, I mean, we, uh, we, we, I can't get the piezo or the synth sound out of anything I own, so. Yeah. Well, okay, so here's where I'm at. I'm starting at like a five, to be honest with you. Okay. All right? I'm going to add a point for the hand-built guitar, the self-built guitar. I think that's super rad, and I like other than, and I actually, I'm going to add half a point because I like the 11th fret mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really funny. And it also means you could never sell that guitar. Uh, or maybe you could. Hell, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's where I got to cap it though, six point five. Okay. Because having not heard it, I, I can't uh, I can't decide. So. Yeah, Raymond, send email us the clip. I genuinely am curious about what this sounds like. He says all the side dots are correct, which is well, which there is you great. go. So it's it's off one. So when you're actually playing the guitar, you see the mistake. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's I I. Because of my hand, most of the time I'm I'm heavily relying on the side dots. So like I barely look at the fingerboard, but yeah, that is really funny. That was one of the things that the new um the Kaizen, the collaboration between Tosin Abasi and, and Ernie Ball, apparently mm -hmm. they've angled the fretboard back a little bit so that you can okay. see the fretboard a little bit more. Yeah. Interesting touch. I really want I want to see that guitar in person. I uh, saw it in person and it's cool. I didn't get to play one. Um yeah. we went to the uh the reveal thing that Rick and Tosin and all of them did. Um, it looks like 
they put a picture of a Lamborghini Aventador on the wall and then thought, <laughs> how could this be a guitar? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that that's a that's a good analogy. Well, <laughs> so this episode, don't get got, go get. Sure. Is inspired by one of the one of the funniest shows on television, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. And um if you're not familiar with that episode, uh, Mac and Dennis get suckered into like a pyramid scheme, uh, a timeshare. And at the beginning, they're like, we don't get got, we go get. <laughs> so I was feeling like I needed to move my Victoria amp. Uh-oh. And th- this is a cautionary tale for all who's listening. And if you just, just learn from my mistakes. Okay. Um, so I put it on, on Craigslist and it has been on there and I put it on reverb, put it everywhere, you know, just thinking, you know, local pickup, I don't have to sell it. If something, Mm -hmm. if someone makes a fair offer, I'll take it. If someone makes a fair trade offer, I'll take it. We'll, we'll, you know, this, this is have fun. It's not eating anything. I didn't have that much money in it and it had sat for months and months and just kind of forgot about it. And then out of the blue, I got an email from someone. I think emailing on like his, they have like a, sh- probably had like a shared email because it said Vanessa, but uh-huh. like I, they sent me pictures of something and, and it was obviously a man's hand. So unless Vanessa had really manly hands, you know, it, it had to be a shared email. Sure. Made the, made a connect and this guy wanted to trade a Dr. Z KT45, which mm-hmm. KT45 yeah. is a cool amp. It's got an EF86 preamp. It's kind of like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a Vox meets a, Blues breaker sure. sort of thing. And I thought, you know, it's not worth quite as much, but it's cool. It's cool. Let's, let's do it. Uh, you know, sure, whatever. Um, comes to the shop. He recognizes me. He, he knew me from, from Mythos and from all the everything. You know, sure. like he knew who I was. And like, cool, that's great. This is going to be cool. He brought it in. I looked at it. I didn't plug it in. I thought, Uh-oh. it looks, looks fine. It's oh, going to be no. fine. No, no, no. I just kind of glanced at it, you know, gave it a, a, a look-see. It had a weird replaced speaker. That didn't concern me. Speakers, you can change speakers. Uh-huh. Handshake. He walks away with the Victoria. I'm left with the Dr. Z. I'm happy. I'm so happy. It was filthy, but I thought, you, you can't break these. Oh, no. Took it in the shop, plugged it up, played it, sounded absolutely horrible because of the speaker okay it's rattling uh microphonic and i'm like well it's dirty we're gonna pull this chassis out we're gonna clean it up clean the tube sockets clean the pots easy those amps everything about dr z's are easy to work on i reach i i start loosening stuff and reach down there to grab the transformer which is usually one of the things i grab to kind of pull it out Mm mm-hmm I'm going to drop in the Discord chap, chat chap, yep. the photos of what my hand laid upon. So you're going to have to zoom in on those. Okay. But every single... Oh, my God. Every single mount, save for one, which had Dude. been repaired with a little angle bracket, was broken. Oh, my God. That is the most hack job I've ever seen. Yeah. So every every mount... For the power transformer, it was Dude, this broken. thing was dropped. It was, it, yeah, 
and it and was dropped and like, fixed. properly pro- fixed well, is a fixed. very loose yeah and then was- sent the dude a message it was like hey like this this isn't cool like yeah. the, you know we can't we can't do this and he really liked the victoria didn't want to trade back he, i said you know like i'm willing to keep this if i can get it fixed and you reimburse me for the difference so i reached out to dr z uh, Don at Dr. Z at the repairs department, super nice guy, told me exactly what it was going to take. And it was going to be like, like 300 ish bucks or so. This is the, we're looking at the power transformer here, right? Power transformer. Or the filter tro- choke. That's, no, the that's the power the, transformer. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. the Dr. Z 9001 power transformer. Uh, Dude, I, it's uh, even dented. Like on the oh, second picture. The whole chassis is pulled up. It, so this thing was was like drop dropped. This yeah, the, the cabinet thing, was fine. It was just like something. It took a real hit. So, uh, homeboy is first really communicating. I'm texting him. He says he'll off. He's like, I have some pedals I'd trade. I'm like, well, you know, bro, maybe. I mean, like, no. if if it's something cool. Like I could probably sell it. We can get, I can recoup my money. Like I like, I, after I cleaned the tube sockets, even though this was busted, uh, like we played it and it sounded good. Like I ran it through a proper cab. Like it sounds great. He says he'd trade me a Taylor acoustic guitar <laughs> case. Like br- no, a no. case? Yeah, a case. He's like, it's a really nice case. Like I don't have a Taylor guitar. Like I, the case serves no Dude, purpose for me. Who is this guy? I, I don't know. But turns out, about a week later, my Victoria was traded away to someone else, and he was—he had a different amp. So it's it, like, I never got any money. I never got anything to make Dude, up for this. This is okay. Whoever this guy is, if you're watching this, like, <laughs> you're you're the worst type of guitar player. Like, this is this is terrible, terrible stuff. Like, obviously, you know that your power transformer is busted and then you're going to try and pull a fast one on somebody because that's not usually something people don't check right you don't go and like grab the power transformer in an amp to make sure that it's you plug it in and play it sure which you probably should have done i yeah that was very i I thought it's a dr z they're bulletproof the first one i ever got was covered in dirt and it was the best sounding thing i ever had like looking back i should have kept it but they they might be bulletproof, but they're not idiot proof. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, that's that's the thing. And this is so shady. This is so shady. I, yeah, dude, people like this, when people that do stuff like this, I, it's like. So <sighs> it, it gets better, because. A Taylor guitar case. Yeah, and like a I've, phaser. Why, what? <laughs> what? What's the thought process there? I th- at first, I thought you were like, "Oh, Taylor guitar." I was like, "Okay, well, maybe." But then, just the case. Yeah, just the case. I mean, like, yeah, okay, whatever. But, um, dude, get a job. <sighs> so I, uh, I just had to suck it up. I had, I was, I felt so stupid for days because, like, I got got. I, yeah, got. who have preached about checking things yeah. and due diligence. I got took hard. Was this a Craigslist deal, by the way? It was. Okay. And like I, I've had, I've had so many good Craigslist deals. Like I met so many nice people. This is the first time I've ever been taken for a ride. 
and it's if I can help it going to be the last. But um, the story is not over. <laughs> so oh, no. I reached no well. I reached back out to Dawn and said, "Hey, uh, I don't necessarily have to send you the amp. Like I just need the transformer. I'll buy a transformer." And can take it to a tech locally. They can fix it. And uh, then I asked, do they have a head shell and like a new faceplate? Because mm-hmm. this amp's been out of production. The head shells are all kind of universal for that size chassis. But the faceplate, they might not have. They did. And cool. in fact, Don found not the same transformer because he said, look, we don't have a lot of these. We're not getting many. I right. can't sell you one. But I think I found a different transformer and we can take the bells off. And you can just unscrew the bells, put new okay. bells on, and mount it. Got it. Perfect. Sold me everything I needed. New head shell, new faceplate, bell ends for the, the transformer. And it was like 200 and something bucks. It, like, it, they found like an old head shell. So yeah. like, okay, awesome. That's a great deal. Dr. Z, they shipped it immediately. It, it was so painless. They could not have been nicer. I got everything end of last week. Monday, I went to put it all together. I said, okay, we're going to sort this amp out. Took everything apart. Everything lined up. Everything bolted in. A guy had, I had to take everything apart on the front of the amp to flip, to put the right. new faceplate on because yeah, yeah. they're, they're inverted. Sure. Did that. The only thing I had to solder was the indicator light, uh, right. which you have to like desolder to pull out, put in, resolder. After I did all that, the amp didn't work. So I thought, well, maybe it, one of two things. I put in different power tubes. Maybe those power tubes were weird. Maybe the pilot light was messed up. So I pulled out the power tubes, put in the original power tubes, and in doing so, bent one of the pins inside oh my God. the tube socket. It folded over, pushed it down, and now one of the EL34s cannot socket. It can't sit at all. Oh, no. So the amp is now... Completely dead. <laughs> oh my god, Zach! And like how how like I've never had that happen with the tube socket. I just pulled it out, took the old one, put it in, and it went like it didn't go. And I was like, oh, that's Wait, weird. What? Just replace the tube socket. I can, but when it had, I put a fresh pair of Muller EL thirty fours. It didn't work. So now, <sighs> that, Dude, that, send, send it back to Doctor Z and just just have them. Because at this point, like you need the amp to work. Well, there's there's a there's a there's an amp repair guy here in Nashville, uh, Heim. They make killer amps. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. like ten minutes away. Okay. I'm just gonna take it there. That that guy is legit, uh, and it's probably gonna cost about the same amount of money because I have to ship it to Z. Oh uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. So, dude, this I, is the worst. Yeah. So the moral of the story is, check your shit. Always plug in the amp, and uh, don't trust don't trust guitar don't players. trust anybody and don't, don't get trust got. anybody don't get, don't got. get. <laughs> oh my god so this guy this dude uh, he probably was like oh I, mm. I'm angry and I'm hot and I'm sweaty and it's like making me more angry and hot and sweaty and then hearing this story is <laughs> is making me more agitated. M- Mendoza in the chat said all this is that could get a monogrammed amp. <laughs> <with a C. laughs> 
Well, oh, yeah. my God. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm really disappointed mostly in myself and... No, no. Well, I'm I'm disappointed in that you didn't plug it in. But outside of that, like this, mm. but even if I had plugged it in, unless I reached in there and checked, yeah, that you wouldn't have known. And that's not something that typically you would do, right? Like, especially if you have like a head, right? If I was looking at, at a Marshall, if I was looking at a Plexi, well, I will say, I will say, I think a general rule of thumb that I've learned from my friend Dave Honorado. Um, last or 2020, I was looking at uh, Atlanta Discount Music had a 1962 Fender concert, brown mm-hmm. uh, brown panel concert, and the cool thing about those amps is the vibrato, right? They're they're non reverb, oh, yeah. but the vibrato in those is, is amazing. I was thinking yep. about buying it. It was a little too expensive, and it was on consignment, and the guy wouldn't come off the price, and so I wanted it, but I didn't buy it on principle. But I had the guys at the shop pull the chassis. And yeah. I trust those guys. I trust Discount Music. I trust Jimmy and everybody. They know what they get in. They back what they get in. But generally, just as a rule of thumb, with an amp, especially an old amp, just if you're at a shop, and this goes for people watching and listening, ask them to pull the chassis. It's not a big deal. Nope. A shop is going to know how to do it. Um, a private seller is a little bit... That's a little bit more of an ask. So this is why I'm saying it's not... You probably... I'm not mad at you for not doing this because in a one-on-one sale and a deal and everything, there's this like weird social element. And it's, it's why I don't like deal. I don't like doing Craigslist deals for that reason. Right. Because my people pleaser comes out and then it, it just, it's never good. I would have gotten taken for a ride just like you would have in this situation, by the way. Yeah. I would have done the exact same thing. It would have happened to me. Um, but lessons that we can share, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> are when you're looking at amps, specifically vintage amps or anything mm-hmm. older than what 15 years old, 20 years old. Oh, like, if it's like pre 78, or, or well, I mean, like, I mean, really anything within 20 years, probably like if it's 20 years old, it probably needs a cap job or it exactly. will soon. Yeah, it will soon. And so, whether it's it's gonna need work. And then you're going to be stuck with having to do that work. And especially if it's a, it's a PCB amp, which are not impossible to work on. People can work on PCB amps. Yeah. They tend to be more expensive to work on because they're harder. So pull the chassis. Now, the other trade-off with a PCB amp is like if you pull the, the back off like a Blues Junior or whatever, you can't see anything because the way the, the boards are mounted. But Well, you, you uh, the one thing, if as a rule of thumb for a PCB amp, if you can look at it... Um, if they get hot, they discolor, and you can usually easily see like, why does that spot look dark around that big <laughs> grid mm-hmm. resistor? Uh, it's because it got too hot. <laughs> like, yeah. like those are things you can look for. Or if there was a short, you'll see burn marks. Things yeah. Like that. Oh yeah. And like with with any like like what you're saying for this concert, uh, did they pull the chassis? What happened? Yeah, yeah. Like, we it was all sorted. Everything was as okay. it was because what what was what the reason I had them pull the chassis was it was non original speaker. It had claimed to have had a cap job. It was claimed to have had all this work done, and so that's why he was asking a higher price. And so I wanted to verify that the work had actually been done. Yeah. And so we pulled the chassis, and it had Zoso caps, and it had the whole deal. I mean, it was taken care of. Yeah. But it was still too much money. Well, it, I have seen. Um, vintage fenders where people have uh, 
like picked them clean of good parts and they've gone in and replaced all the good caps with cheapies or mm-hmm. they've done a recap and used the cheapest electrolytics possible right. um, or stuff that's barely in spec. So those are things that any certified amp tech is going to know, like what your your filter caps should be and, and everything. Um, so anytime you're buying a Fender especially because there's so many of them and they weren't using – I mean, they were using fine parts, but, you know, they were making so many deluxe reverbs, Princetons and stuff. Y- you got to check them out because mm-hmm. chances are if it's uh, it, it, 80s or older for sure, yeah. it's going to need a cap job. And anything from the, the golden era of stuff is, yeah. is needs work. Yeah. Yeah. But, <sighs> dude, I'm sorry. This hey. sucks. I, I've learned my lesson. I was really uh, bent out of shape about it. Um, and the guys in the shop know Morgan. They She had to bear witness to my moping. But <laughs> it just, I feel so damn stupid. And um, uh, uh, no. I mean, like, and again, like, I know it was an honest mistake. And I, who, who well, thinks. But it's p- not even a mistake, though, because, okay, the mistake you made was not playing the amplifier. But this. Right issue wouldn't have been brought up by playing the amplifier you wouldn't have known about it had you not what this this asshole was counting on is that you wouldn't pull the chassis and you wouldn't know that that the thing was hanging on by a thread yeah it was hanging one bracket dude one well no there was sorry there was two one was not completely broken when i took it off it broke uh yeah two the corners were there but uh, yeah, so anytime you buy a used amp, especially if you're meeting in private, stick your head everywhere you can get it, and if you can't take it apart, take it apart. Well, but even, if, yeah, even if it's like an honest, like, transformers can come loose. Like, the hard, yeah. mounting hardware can rattle loose. I had a, um, uh, a, my bad cat, Cub 40, in shipping, the, the power transformer had, had come loose, because mm-hmm. one of the the nuts had backed off of the chassis, yeah. and it was I noticed it because when I picked the head up and put it down, I heard something like a chunk, like oh, uh-huh. that's not good. And I did the same thing. I reached up under it, and you could kind of move the transformer around. So if you're traveling with your amps, you're gigging with your amps or whatever, it's also a good idea just to check that kind of stuff because hardware does back off, even lock mm-hmm. nuts and stuff, lock washers do back off from time to time. They so, can, yeah. Just be aware of that, and then yeah, if 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 you're spending money on something like this, pull the back, even if it's like a head, right? Like a Marshall head or something. You can tell if the chassis bent, the head's been dropped. And it might mm-hmm. it might look great on the outside. They could have put it in a new head shell or something. You don't know. Or it could have been retolexed or whatever. You don't know. Pull the back off. Make sure everything is, is square. But you're not an idiot, though, for... Well, that's how this. you feel. That's how I feel. That's how yeah, I felt. I understand. Know. I understand. Um, but you're but, you not know. an idiot. This person is an asshole. Yeah. And I know. hope they're watching. I hope Ugh. that this this podcast finds them, and I hope that their socks are wet for the rest of their lives. You know what's what's the the saddest part about all this is as soon as I got it, I like set it in the room, you know, at a shop, and Fred who works over here, um, he, he, uh, this guy lived in like another, like right outside of Nashville, and he was at a shop, and this guy brought in this amp to trade. 
And they checked it out and they're like, oh no, we don't want this. And Fred, when I said what I got, he said, is it red? <laughs> I was like, yeah. He's like, oh bro, I saw this. Yeah, it's fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you know what? To beat all, the guy, uh, he brought in that amp to that shop because he wanted to trade for a deluxe reverb. They didn't, obviously they didn't do it. And he traded it away, traded, or sorry, he traded the Z to me, got the Victoria, traded that, and then hit up Jeff, who works for me, um, with, cause Jeff had a deluxe reverb for trade, uh, with a PV classic 410. And so he just went around in circles. What uh, is this guy doing? He's like a, you know, he gigs downtown. So, is this like a Broadway guy? Probably, yeah. Ugh. It was, yeah. But, you know. Well, no, you know what? No offense to those guys. Those guys are great. Oh, they're hardworking? Yeah, people that play on Broadway, I don't mean that as a dig towards that. I just think. Is he a Broadway guy? <laughs> I didn't know. That came across completely <laughs> No, no I, no, I I know what you mean. I, I, my uh, scoff was at Broadway itself. For those oh. of you that have been to Nashville and have in, encountered the hellhole, the cesspit that is the the cesspit of bachelorette parties and pedal taverns that is Broadway. Man. <laughs> oh I, my god! I, I, every time I have friends that come to town, you know, now that people are starting to travel again. They're like, "What should we do?" I'm like, "Man, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you don't want to go there." Dude, I'll uh, tell you what to do. I don't even live there. I'll tell you what to do. If you're going to Nashville, here's what you do. First of all. You go have lunch at Joyland in East Nashville, a Sean Brock's place, some of the best fast food you'll ever have. And I say fast food in quotes because it's not really fast food. Okay. Elevated fast food. It's elevated fast food. Then you go have, uh, let's see here. Where do they go for dinner? Um, Uh, Basically, you you just stay in East Nashville. Stay in the East Nashville area. So you have lunch (laughs) at Joyland. Then you go to Eastside Music Supply. Yes. And you hang out with those guys for a while. You play some pedals. You buy something cool. Then you go have dinner at uh, Lachlan Table or Cafe Rose with a Z. Mm-hmm. Um, you catch some of my old bandmates at Cafe Rose playing a jazz set on some nights, which would be a good time. Um, basically, the band of Muddy Magnolias plays at Cafe Rose a bunch. Um, go to go to Village Tavern. I saw um, Brittany Howard at v- Village Tavern one time. Uh huh. We locked eyes across the bar. We, we we're now pretty close friends because yeah. of it, but you know she recognized you. Yeah, she saw me. It's pretty cool. <laughs> whatever. It's not a big deal. Just typical Nashville stuff, you know. Whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Then you go. Uh, yeah, you go have a great dinner, and then you go to my favorite bar in the world. Which Are you is gonna give a, this away? Well, it's it's already. Last time I was there, it, it was super crowded. Oh la- yeah, last time we went, it was. It was, it was one of the last crowded. times I drank in public, and I felt so bad after. <laughs> that was like the first time you and I hung out. We went to Attaboy. Remember that? Yeah. 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 My favorite Attaboy. bar in the world, Attaboy in East Nashville. There's one in New York, too. It's in um, Lower East Side, I think. But speakeasy type vibe. There's no menu. It's a cocktail bar. Uh, you go in. They ask you what you like. What kind of flavors do you like? Do you want something stirred and boozy? Do you want something shaken and for refresh, refreshing? And then they bring you a drink, and it's the best drink you've ever had in your life. Yeah. They do a great um, job. And then you go catch a show somewhere. M- Morgan and I, uh, l- the last time we went there, I was... It was like it was a date night, and we hadn't had a date night in like a year because yeah. of like the baby and like no. And um, we went to uh, Pinewood Social, mm-hmm. uh, which is a cool place. There's a bowling alley in the back of the restaurant. It's cool. And 
had a, had a few drinks and then I was like, I don't, uh, I don't know if it's the food. I think it's the alcohol. I'm not, I'm not feeling too good, but uh-huh. we were, we're trying to have fun. Uh-huh. Went, went to add a boy. Uh-huh. And uh, I got one drink, took one sip, and said, I can't drink this. You're going to have to drink this, so we're going to have to go home. <laughs> oh, no. And I was just, like, sweating. I felt so bad. And, like, drinking now, anything more than just, like, some really uh, sissy, light can, something or another, I can't I can't do it. That's and okay. even then, I can't. I, I don't know. It's you know, bad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fault anyone or judge anyone for what they drink. Uh, Are you there was sure? A time in, there was a time <laughs> in my life when I did. I'll admit it. I was an asshole. I was a judgmental asshole about like, oh, you, specifically like my sister, who's five years younger than me, drinks like a sorority girl because she was uh-huh. a sorority girl. Right. Uh, but you know what? Let everyone have their jollyment, okay? Sure. It's fine. I've grown. I've become, I've, I've matured, I think, a little bit more. And so, <sighs> yeah, you're frozen, by the way, on my screen. You're frozen like this. Uh oh. So, yeah, yeah I, I forgot to switch it over to Wi-Fi or uh, oh. off Wi-Fi. So oh, cool. Um, um, I will also say, while you're in town, Mitchell Deli in East Nashville slaps pretty hard. I've heard good things. You know, of all, like I don't, I have never really spent. When when I moved to town, I moved for for Morgan. We got married, and then we just kind of stayed. We lived near 12 South, uh-huh. and so that's where we hung out. Right. And that's all we ever did because we could walk. Mm-hmm. Like, drive across the river? No. <laughs> yeah, 12 South is, is cool. It's become – when I first started going to Nashville in, like, 2015, 12 South was, like, still kind of the hip local sort of spot. Now That's, it's when, become, that's when we were there, so, yeah. Yeah, now it's become an extension of Broadway. It's like – Every every bachelorette party of white sorority girls from Alabama wants to go to 12 South and yeah. shop at Reese Witherspoon's uh, boutique. Yeah, so you can go. There's to a f- cool. There's some cool stuff down there though. There's still some cool bars and everything in 12 oh, South. Great restaurants. Yeah. Uh, you can go to Faherty and buy a shirt that cost five hundred dollars. Yeah, you can do you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Corner Music used to be down there. They are when not I was there going anymore. to 12 South. Corner Music was still there. Yeah, you could you could go in and, Cor- and Forks Drum Closet was there. Yeah, both of them like Forks moves. I think they moved east. They're in like a reasonable. No, part of they're f- Forks is over by. Um, Are they by Layman? Sir. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're in off of Nexus sixty five. Yeah, so uh, but Corner moved up to like almost near Madison, I think. And yeah, it's Corner like, is like out there now. It's like nothing around it. It's like an well, old they got shopping center. Out, dude, twelve South got bought up by all these developers and. That's what's happening, man, to all these cities, like Austin and everything. It's like... City Winery and all that's gone. Well, it, it's going. It's City Winery's leaving? Yeah. Cannery. The whole cannery is like... What? I, it's, it's, I think Are it was serious? Sold. Yes. Yeah. Cannery Wait, Ballroom. when did this happen? Recently. There's like, there's like three really great venues there. Yeah. High Watt, Cannery, Mercy yeah. Lounge. Gone. What For what? Condos? Probably. Jesus Christ. You know, it's this right is what by happens, the roundabout. Man. This is what happens, Okay. The people that make a city cool, the artists, the musicians, the, the writers, right? They move to these places and they build these businesses and, and they do all this stuff. And then they get priced out by all the people that want to move there because it's cool to live there. And then the people that made it cool to live there and to begin with 
can't afford to live there anymore and all their businesses get bought out for more condos. Yep. So apparently, <sighs> yeah, they, they ended the Cannery Row, uh, which had been there for 20 years, uh, ended in May. And uh, the their lease was ending and uh, the owners of the building were going to relocate or let's say ownership plans to relocate venues to new unannounced locations. So maybe they're going to open okay, up. So a the new... venues aren't closing. So yeah, but the, that's I, good. but the Mercy Lounge and the cannery and, and I mean, the whole cannery building, I guess, is probably going to be sold mm-hmm. uh, for God knows what. You know, it's God. probably going to be a high rise or uh, what else do we have in Nashville? Like a vape shop. <laughs> something dude i uh, i don't have a solution to any of this stuff it just really bugs the hell out of me you know yeah it sucks but it sucks uh you have a mighty fine shill and so do i so i've got i've got the shill of shills today all right Uh, oh wait before we move on to that ricardo ricardo tan in the the chat says uh going to nashville for the first time in november taking notes any other nashville recommendations we have i mean carter vintage drink um i mean you can you're you're on eighth avenue you get carter's rumble seat and groons you if you go to east side you go to fanny's hit up all the music shops yeah Uh, yeah they're they're everywhere now but i really like jenny's ice cream because it's oh yeah delicious yeah they are they are everywhere, but it's worth checking out. Yeah, uh, man. Uh, places to avoid. Let, let's oh. let's throw this out there. Broadway. Yeah, as aforementioned, the Gulch. Completely, just stay away. Um, well, I mean, but there is the Station Inn, which is still in the Gulch. Somehow, yeah, the Station but, Inn is like is is this shining light in a in a sea of high rises, a, 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 a bright beacon of light in a dark sea of despair. As I like to say, yes. Yeah, Beacon Inn, uh, Beacon Inn, yeah, it's, but the thing is the Gulch, that's where those, that famous uh, mural of the wings are, where you <laughs> yeah. see all these <laughs> memes of like the the people lined up. I've literally seen this with my own eyeballs. Um, people lined up around the block uh-huh. waiting, had to have been waiting for an hour to stand in front of this mural and take pictures in front of the wings mural. Somebody in the chat can, can drop a picture of it if they want. But the Gulch is a zoo. It's awful. Stay away from the Gulch. Stay away from Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to Gibson South. Garage. Yeah, Gibson Garage is worth checking out. It's cool. Actually, they, they actually I have to give, yeah, give them props. Like Gibson Garage, they did a really great job. Mark and that team did a great job with Gibson Garage. It's cool. I still want to go see it. I feel like I'm going to walk in and be like, hey, you're that guy from Dipped in Tone that shits on us all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I feel like Half the videos I've made about Gibson over the years is shitting on them, and they, they're still cool with me. So yeah, I think it's probably fine. You should go. I want to go. Um, let's see. Honestly, I just I like East Nashville a lot. Uh, Lachlan Springs. I like East Nashville more now. Uh, I didn't like it so much when I moved here, uh, but even then, I don't know. I, I'm such a, I, I'm 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 the terrible person to ask because I don't do uh, anything. So. I, I know East Nashville because that's where I've stayed. Like, I, I used to basically live at Jesse's manager's <laughs> house in Inglewood. Master or- Machetier posted a picture of like the big crazy <laughs> mural. Yeah, like literally across the street from the wings is this crazy mural, which we can we can save and upload for the video. But uh, one time I was driving by that at the Gulch, and Taylor Swift happened to be there. And, oh yeah, and I, I was I, I thought something terrible it happened because there was just all these people I'm like what's going on and then it's I, like I, I saw someone with a sign that said taylor and i was like oh of course 
Um, and I say all this slightly tongue in cheek. I mean, look, if, if you want to go to Broadway, I will say there is some cool stuff to do on Broadway. Acme yeah. feed and seed is at the end of Broadway. Robert's at cool, the front. Yeah. That's a cool vibe. There's usually a really, there's always some kind of good musical event happening at Acme feed yeah. and seed every week. So I, I would put that on your list. Um, and it's at the end of Broadway. So you can kind of park around the corner and not have to deal with the vomit infested just shithole that is Broadway. yeah and there, there's this new thing now that um uh morgan and i went but when we went and saw john mayer there is a thing like right across the street from roberts right across the street from the stadium that's like a big building full of restaurants and shops and it, it, it's all kind of they have their own parking garage Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right, close to the Ryman. It's great. Uh, I can't, we have we I can't have that in Atlanta. Called. It's in Atlanta. They call it Crog Street Market. It's like a bunch of like shops and it's really good food and beer and wine, and all that stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, I can't for the life of me. I can't um, remember what, what that's called. Uh, I'm trying to go to Adam. What, what, what uh, would you say? No, I was, I, I'm just trying to find it on the map here. I like I like recommending stuff to do for people that are traveling because. It's always great when someone, when like we're traveling somewhere and somebody recommends something and then you go and do it and you have a great time. It's like the best thing ever. It's yeah. like a, it's assembly food treasure. Hall. Assembly food hall. Yeah. Wait, did we go there? No, um, we went to the place in East Nashville. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? What else? Inglewood Lounge is cool. That's a vibe. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a dive bar, Dino's on uh, on Main Street in East Nashville is like a proper dive. It is a dive. <laughs> it's cool, though. It's a good dive. Get the grilled cheese and a PBR. If they have like a special, you can get grilled cheese and PBR. It's good. Uh, yeah, there you go. There's our Nashville recommendations. Our Nashville do's and don'ts, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, no. we need. I like. I, I want to make a video of, of us just walking around shops and stuff, just like. Yeah, let's do it. Judging everything. We're just <laughs> dipping everything. <laughs> oh man, that'll make the gear page so mad. Oh man. I feel like I feel like you're doing a good thing if you make the gear page mad. <laughs> so let's do it. I'm here for it. Okay. Um, all right. We ready for our shills of the week? Yes. You go okay. first. All right. I talked about this last week, but it literally just showed up in the mail earlier today, so I'm really excited about it. It is my new Strat. There it is. There it is. This is a Shabbat Lynx, uh, L-Y-N-X. It is part of, apparently, according to the heel plate, uh, the NAM 22 collection. So I played this guitar at NAM uh, last week, or week before last, whenever the hell that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was not... I, I actually didn't want to buy a guitar because I, I need another guitar like I need a hole in the head right now. I have too many. I mm-hmm. need to probably in the herd a little bit um but I've, i feel like i'm becoming more and more of a strat guy bum, bum, bum. yeah i know um but i don't know man I, we were just there i was with i was at the booth my friend uh philip conrad uh-huh because he wanted to check out some bases and and um i've known avi shabbat for a few years we only ever see each other at nam and but we always say hey to each other and he's a nam friend and uh, we sat down and started playing because Phil wanted to check out a few of his basses. And um, I picked up one guitar. It was cool. It was telly. It was, it was nice. And then I picked this up. And the first thing was, holy shit, this is light. It's six 
like it's got to be six pounds. Barely. Oh wow! Yeah, it's super light. What's what body wood is it? Alder uh, swamp ash. So oh, it's ash. a Mary Kay. So so yeah. swamp ash, um, gold hardware. And I've always wanted a Mary Kay Strat. These are like some of my favorite Strats that Fender ever did. Yeah, I think this is like I, against the Mayer Strat. It, this is one of the best looking ones ever. Yeah, I, I've seen a real one, and it was pretty astonishing. Yeah, yeah, they're they're great. Um, plus a maple neck Strat, I think, is a cool thing. Sure. And even um, though you can't feel I, the difference. Oh. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to. No, I'm that. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, and I had just played that uh, that vintage one at Norm's like the day before yeah. or two days before. So I, I kind of had like the Strat thing on my mind and I picked this one up to start playing it. And even on the NAM floor, which is notorious for not being able to hear anything, I could tell like, oh, this is this is a good one. It, it like it oh, wow. rings. It's super loud. Does it have, it looks like it has a little heel adjust wheel. Yeah, yeah, it does. So this is what part of what Shabbat does is they add some kind of modern features. I love to their that vintage. Yeah, it's super cool. I um, that is like the greatest thing. My Swope has that. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like most guitars should have that. If you like, Strandberg can get away with it because there's no headstock, so you just put your thing in the top and and can adjust the truss rod. But any other guitar where right. there's strings there, right? It's such a pain. But there, you just take anything, stick it in, you can. Well, especially so compared to the the because I love vintage guitars. Okay, I like old shit, and and but there are some things that were just objectively bad design, like a vintage Fender neck to adjust the truss rod to have to pull the neck oh. off the guitar to do that is like it's just a terrible yeah terrible design, which is why they changed it right right. Um, so this maintains the look of the vintage neck, right? You don't have the skunk stripe on the back or anything. Well, I guess you do, but it's not. Um, it's not brown. And then, yeah, you just have the quick heel adjust there. It's awesome. Yeah. And what it, what are the pickups? Is, does he uh, wind those? Lawler okay. specials. Yep. So, so really good pickups. Easy. Easy. I mean, it's it's all there. Single ply guard like the like the old one. Yeah. It's just a ringer strap, man. It's um, it's all there. It looks like the, the edges are a little more square. Is that true? Or is that just like... Yeah, they are. Yeah. Okay. The, the bevels, which I, th- I believe... I believe someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe is more indicative of like a 58 strat. Man, um, a little more squared off. I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, I love it. Proper, proper lacquer checking done. Well, um, the, the aging is, is pretty obviously like, I don't know if we can catch this on camera, but it's, you know, I would say this is one thing that like that Dennis and the crew at Novo have have done really really well as they're aging, um, but yeah yeah it's it, we're spoiled a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah but I'm gonna play the hell out of this guitar and the finish you can tell is super thin on this to begin with right so it'll get aged even more but it feels so this is probably a topic for another episode but like the relic debate. The thing is, it feels old. The fretboard right. edges are rounded over. It, it feels broken in, and that's what I like. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I don't I like relic guitars, but I do too. And just anything that that the less you have to think about it being there, the better. And most of the time, relics do that. So yeah, aesthetically, right. who who cares as long as it feels good? Um, well, okay. Well, I want to grab mine. Uh, to be fair, I can't see you because you're frozen. Ah. <laughs> so you're gonna have to explain it to me because I can't. 
I can't see you. Well, okay. So I knew that since I was going to be converting this Dr. Z into a head, I was, I was going to need a four by or a two by 12. Cause I, and I okay. wanted one, I wanted a two by 12 because okay. my, yep. my PRS head could fit. It'd be cool. So I went to right. guitar center in Goodlettsville. Yep. And they had a Soldano two by 12 cab. Yeah. The little angled one. And I was like, damn, that's cute. And then I looked that night and guitar center had a open box SLO 30. Hell Ugh. yeah. Yes. Which I uh, I thought, you know what? That's a pretty good deal. And the videos on these sound incredible. Yep. Let's try it. So I know I just got an amp that I can't play because I broke. But this one showed up today, and I can play it. And it is not, broke. not broken and so <laughs> awesome. Um, the Soldano Master Volume on these things is, I don't want to say perfect, because nothing's <laughs> yeah. perfect, but sure. it works. It it doesn't like you put even though this thing has so much gain if you need it. Oh um, yeah. McKinley brought his eight string and it was like you know, Meshuga <laughs> was in the room. Dude, I was gonna say I bet McKinley's having a, a field day with that amp. <laughs> yeah, he he loves it. But we 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 had it the gain just dimed and you can make it whisper quiet and it sounds the same. That's sick. Uh, um cleans cleans are either crazy clean or it has a crunch mode for the the normal channel uh-huh. and um man it sounds good it, it, it's a little it's so immediate a little dry sounding because i mean it's mm-hmm. you know it's like a hot rotted high gain thing but uh we put a flint in the effects loop and yeah it's like that's it dude that's it uh it's I, I look behind me, I have these three amps, the, the PRS, Hendrix, the HX50, the two rock Bloomfield, and this. And it's like, I apart from a Vox sound, which I might get if the Dr. Z works, um, mm-hmm. I think I've, I've got it. I think you've got it. Yeah, the Soldano thing is, I, that is on my list of amps to own. Like my yeah. short list of amps is a, uh, <laughs> they're kind of all 100 watt amps, I've realized. Uh, but a high, a high watt DR103. Uh-huh. A Soldano SLO 100, right, uh, and then some kind of vintage Fender, but but yeah, the, the Soldano thing is so cool because it's high gain, but it's approachable at least for us guys like us that are not traditionally high gain players. It's approachable high gain. Yeah, I mean, like the overdrive on this, I will say, it basically when you turn the the overdrive on the preamp all the way down, it just does nothing, and then you creep it up, and it's like, oh, that's like a really pushed. Marshall sound, and then it gets yeah. crazy. There's not a lot of play in it, but the thing about this amp is it cleans up so well that you you can actually use your volume knob, and it, it's so dynamic and interactive. The EQ, everything works. Uh, the bright switch is actually really usable. It, like, actually, yeah. I think it sounds better with the bright switch on. Um, the depth knob, especially with that vintage 30-loaded Soldano 2x12 cabinet, just makes it... like we, McKinley was playing the eight string, and I was like, "Holy hell, we gotta turn that down because it was just like, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. So <laughs> get the wha- thud going. Oh, it's like, doo, 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 doo. It's, it, it felt like a bass amp. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I think, I mean, for how this sounds, I, I could, I could not think of a reason to go for a hundred watt except you just wanted it. Yeah. Because tonally, everybody says this sounds just like and feels like the hundred, just quieter, and with right. the master volume that works, like I don't know why you. I mean, we cranked it and it gets 
plenty loud for any situation. Yeah, there's there's no practical reason at this point to go for the hundred unless you are like one of the twelve people left in the world that are playing like big mega stages with yeah. amps like that, and you need to like fill the stage with stage volume. Um, I just it's it's like a want versus need thing. Well, the whole thing is a want versus need thing. I mean, God, hell knows I don't need any of the shit that I have, basically. But Same. <laughs> I just want that. I just want the 100 watt. I, like, after having the Plexi yeah. and just feeling what it does when it's moving air through the cabinet, it's, uh, yeah. it's nice. No, I, but I get the it. The 30 is just chef's kiss. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I'm super happy. So I don't. I did not need this and I didn't really know I wanted it until I saw uh, Danish Pete play his uh-huh. and because they were playing the little mini one and they played this. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Cause I'm not like, I, I like some, I actually do like a lot of high gain music, um, but not, I mean, some of the stuff I like is it's high gain, but not that saturated. And this yeah. is even like pushing it. But um uh, Master Machete asked. Master Machete asked what the hype is with Soldano. I mean, this is well. This is up, history. Yeah, this is one of the OG boutique amp brands mm-hmm. like ever. Yeah, and uh, it's yeah. Impeccable. He was one of the first guys to do it. So I actually interviewed him on my channel back at Nam 2020. Um, you can see it. It's the video where I think it was like I asked amp builders what they think about modelers. And because right. um, we were at Boutique Amps Distribution, which is the company that builds those amps. And Mike was, first of all, the sweetest guy to talk to. He was so kind and so nice. Um, but yeah, I got his story. I talked to him about his history and everything. And he was like in LA in the 80s, he was like one of the first guys to really jump into doing the bespoke, hand built, hand wired, truly boutique amp thing. There was. I think less than three or four people in the world at the time doing what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. So and just look up the people that have played the SLO 100 and the records that it's been used on and everything. And then you'll, you'll get it. It's done everything. It's done. everything. It's crazy because you, you, you look at this and you're like, Holy, you know, you're just going to shred. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, Warren Haynes still gigs with a SLO. Yeah. 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 But that's the thing is like, that's, they needed at the time in the eighties, you needed super fresh bell like clean tones yeah. and then you needed super saturated lead tones searing lead tones uh and we didn't they didn't have the pedal options that we have nowadays no so you needed an amp that could do the whole thing and that's basically what i think mike was trying to do with the slo 100 yeah and there's a lot of and tubes in there it. they're like yeah. they're, there's a lot of cascading gain stages for sure it's it's really good i'm really it's really good. really excited and now i have like this all these little cabinets. Mm-hmm. I so. think I think that's why I want the SLO is because to me it's like a it's it's like owning a piece of history. Yeah. Of like guitar tone history. I think that's what what is interesting me into into the hundred over the thirty. Yeah. Is the story behind it and the history behind it and everything. And they still make the hundred. You can still get a SLO one hundred. Yep. They're not cheap, so, but they never were. No. So doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> That's the same thing with the high watt, a DR one hundred three. Like God knows, I don't need that amp. I could never gig with that amp at full blast. But oh, it's no. like the history of it. You know, 
How much are our high watts right now? And then we can call this. Uh, uh, look. Like a new one? Yeah. Do they make new new ones? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they're they're true to form. They're true to the uh, to the OGs. I mean, as much as a modern electrical circuit can be, you know. Um, Let's see. I don't know if they have it on their website. One hundred and three. Uh, there's a 76 on reverb right now for three grand. Yeah, I figured it'd probably be in the 3,000 range. Ooh, maybe I could sell the Theodore and get a Thir high watt. $3,500. For a new one. For a DR103, the new one from high watt. But so. I could get a 76. Oh, this one has an XLR. Wait, this one's been modded. Hold on. <laughs> It's got an XLR input on the front. On the front? Like, yes. Well, because you'd use it as your PA, too. Uh, yeah, apparently. <laughs> I mean... It's got the, the headroom for it. But when these things break up... Oh. Now, you can't be in the same county right. when it breaks up. But when it breaks up, they're, they're sick. Here's a 76 for 4150. It looks pretty Ooh. mint. I feel uh, like we should do an episode of... Uh, just finding stuff on, on reverb. Just, just, like <laughs> just shopping. Reverb. Let's get reverb to sponsor it. Yeah. Let's get reverb to give us just like a, a voucher for like, you can buy one thing <laughs> and then we'll both, <laughs> we'll both just go shopping on reverb and trying to find the most expensive thing we can. Could you imagine? Uh, yeah. There's an API console that I'm looking at. It's only $120,000. What is up with this XLR input? That's weird. It is weird. It, I don't know. I didn't read the <laughs> listing, but anyway. All right. Well, Sweetwater Gear Fest. Gear Fest. Uh, what 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 day is it? The twenty. Uh, the the Saturday, the twenty fifth. We're gonna live stream on my channel, Distant Tone Live. It's gonna be fun. It's I be have been hot rodding my other camera with all sorts of thingies. And I so, can't see it. Oh, what yeah. You're talking about. Well, Sorry. I got like a grip on here and all sorts. I'm going to have like stuff. And so McKinley and I are just going to goof around and record stuff while we're there. Uh, I text Paul Reed Smith and he said uh, he's going to be there. And I said, it'd be really cool to meet up. And he said, that would be good. <laughs> so that'll be good. Uh, hopefully get to hang out with Paul Reed Smith. Cool. We can bug him about that. that Am I going to be allowed to hang out with him? Yeah, of course. You, we can okay. uh, bug him about that Miles Kennedy uh, T-style guitar that he's been playing, which is uh, crazy. Yeah. They're making a T-style, too. So, ruh -roh. We'll save that. The forums are going to get mad again. <sighs> Whatever. They're, they just exist in a state of anger. So Yeah. 100%. 100%. Like I said, people, if you're making the gear page mad, you're doing something right. That's right. So hell yeah. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, yep. rate us. Yep. Uh, and and come come watch us live on live stream. It's gonna be a jolly. It's gonna be great. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Bye.